Welcome to Tackless Radio. Tackless Radio, and of course, as usual, it is I be bad, just doing stupid shit. <laughs> um, as I, you know, welcome you all to another episode. So, I hope y'all was really into that song because I've been listening to that song since Bia dropped it. It's Besito featuring G Herbo, you know, a little shot town in there. And I'm in love with her. First of all, I've been in love with her since Whole Lot of Money, Stack. I've been following her for a little bit. She also was on Sisterhood of Hip Hop and then got signed to Pharrell's label, I Am Other with RCA Records. So she's kind of been, you know, getting her stuff together, making sure that she's like super prepared. And then she came out with Whole Lot of Money remix with Nicki Minaj and has been on top of the charts and blowing up since. So I'm so happy for her. I'm in love with this song. I love the Spanglish, how she goes in and out. It gives you a little that cha-cha-cha, a little Puerto Rican flavor, because she's half Puerto Rican, half Italian. A little salsa and bachata. It's lovely. It makes me miss Puerto Rico, actually. So that's why I've been listening to that song on repeat as the weather gets cold and a bitch is missing the islands. So I hope y'all was really feeling it. Put that in your playlist. Go ahead and add it in. And we're just going to go and get started with Shit I Saw. So I first want to say thank y'all for your patience because Mercury Retrograde been fucking a bitch up. I had a interview planned for y'all with Velvet Hammer that completely went amazingly except for the fact that the recording equipment was just not working the way that it was supposed to be. (sighs) C'est la vie. Because I really wanted to make it a consistent thing where I made drops on a Tuesday. But you know, life. So I appreciate you all's patience 
as I figure all this shit out, because I'm doing this by myself and I'm proud of that. But I also understand that uh, as I am learning and trying to put together a podcast, time is just not on my side. So I'm gonna get it together. But what I would love to do with you all for this week's Should I Saw is give you my favorite song off of each of J. Cole's studio albums. Why? Because I am going to the J. Cole concert this upcoming Thursday, and I'm excited because it's my first live event since COVID happened. And I love J. Cole, love Dreamville, been following J. Cole now since like the beginning, since the warm up, since Young Simba, since Friday Night Lights, you know, since for a while, I'll say it like that. I've been a Cole fan for a while and I'm super excited to be going to the off season tour and the fact that he has 21 Savage with him and it's and like 21 Savage is one of my like guilty guilty pleasures you know how like you eat really really shitty food late at night that you don't want nobody to know about like that's when you eat Taco Bell like that's when you eat a White Castle slider 21 Savage is like my White Castle slider it's a guilty pleasure because I know a lot of people would say that he would be classified as a mumble rapper and of course he was a part of the infamous double XL class. I believe it was 2016 with like Lil Uzi Vert and Lil Yachty. And it was just the, if you know, you know, I'll basically say it like that. But he has truly grown on me, truly grown on me. And I have been a fan of 21 Savage. So the fact that the two of them are on tour together it's going to be amazing because just a couple songs that they have together, like a lot. And of course the newest one on J Cole's album, the off season, I'm like, I could see this. I mean, they don't have a lot of songs together, um, but enough that I'm like, okay, 21 Savages catalog is decent enough that I'm a, I'm a be feeling it. You know, it's going to be a couple little bops. So what we going to do, is a little breakdown of J. Cole studio albums. I wanted to do like compilation albums. I wanted to do mixtapes. But if I did all of that, we, we would be here all day. So I am going to stick to studio albums. But I do want to give a honorable mention before I start to Friday Night Lights specifically Enchanted because I think that mixtape and that yeah, particular song yeah, is when I immediately became a J-Cole fan. So even though I am not adding that particular mixtape to the list, I have to call it out because that was the moment I became a fan. So let's go ahead and get into it. So first up, we got Cold World Sideline Story, which released in 2011, back, back in the day. <laughs> um, and I guess I also will kind of talk about like how old I was and where I was in life and probably why those particular songs are my favorite off of each album, because I remember listening to the album through 
when it dropped because I was a fan at that point and I heard Can't Get Enough and Can't Get Enough is like at the top of the album and at that point of course everyone who's a J. Cole fan you know you hear Dollar in the Dream 3 and it gets you all motivated and whatnot but by the time we got to Can't Get Enough, it was like a little party. It was definitely a good pregame turn-up song, which is exactly what I was doing when I was 21 in 2011. And I remember when it got to the line, I love it when you give me head, I hate it when you give me headaches. And I was like, sold, sold, fucking sold. <laughs> it was brilliant. At the time, I thought that shit was so clever. Because I hate when you motherfuckers give me headaches. Just put your head between my legs instead. Damn it. Why you got all these goddamn questions? Why do you want all these fucking answers? Just do what I say to do. I'm here for a good time, not a long time. So yeah. Cold World, sideline story, I'ma have to give it to. Can't get enough. Next up, Born Center, which dropped in 2013. And this particular drop was very interesting because there was so much hype around the Born Center drop. Not only because at this point, Nas has made comments about Cold World. We are already kind of, I think, heard some leakage of Let Nas Down. There were talks about Cold World not doing well and him getting dropped. And niggas being like, where was the cold that we got in the mixtapes? So his sophomore album, he had a lot to prove. But what made pressure, even with the Born Center drop, was that Yeezus was dropping the same day. And a nigga trying to compete with a Kanye West drop, it's a lot. Because we understand how competitive Gemini Kanye West is. He did the same shit when him and 50 Cent were both dropping their projects at the same time with graduation. A nigga love hype before a drop. We saw that with Donda. So it's a lot on a new rapper coming in to the industry. But to say the truth, I loved Born Center more than Yeezus at the time. Still do. Because... <laughs> He basically started off with Illuminati. That intro is one of my favorites. And the song that tops it all for the album for me is Niggas Know, which he sampled Notorious Thugs from Biggie. And I love me a good hip hop sample. Love me a good hip hop sample. Actually, he also sampled Tupac's Hail Mary for Enchanted, which was the song you all heard in the beginning. So that song, when I got to it, and it's towards the end of the album, the, the entire project is fantastic. It really did, in my opinion, let niggas know that like, once Cole got a little bit of room to breathe, once he was able to really get into his bag, he was able to get his creative juices flowing. You know, he knew that pressure makes diamonds. That sophomore album, Chef's Kiss. So niggas know for Born Center. <sighs> 2014 Forest Hill Drives. Man. Iconic. Iconic for me, particularly because this was the first J. Cole concert that I went to. 
So I got to experience what he is like in person as a performer, seeing his artistry through his set work and lighting, understanding how he puts a show together, which is when we as J. Cole fans found out that that nigga likes starting at the top of an album and playing that whole bitch through. And because 2014 Forest Hill Drives was such a iconic album, because that's when he broke records with no features, I was like, baby, I'm into it. You want to do it? You want to start at the top and work your way out and work yourself all the way through? Let's go. And honestly, there's so many songs off this album that it was very difficult for me to just pick one. Like Wet Dreams, because I love an amazing storyteller. One of the reasons why I'm such a hip hop head is because I love storytelling. And Wet Dreams, listening to a nigga's first time, it's an amazing story to hear. It's colorful, it's vivid. I was like, I could listen to this all the time. And then of course you get to Tale of Two Cities and that's a real good gangster song. You then have like No Role Models, which still tops charts to this day. Then you have like the beautiful songs like Saint Tropez and Love Yours and Apparently. But for me, because I'm a petty bitch, I'm gonna give it to Fire Squad. And this is why. Because that second verse, when he takes shots, at the industry, at the Grammys, Macklemore, Iggy Azalea, Eminem, Elvis. It was prolific because that nigga was like, this entire industry is rigged, rigged bitch, rigor mortis. And it's unfair that talented motherfuckers never get their accolades or their flowers while they're at least alive to see them. And time and time again, these white people come in with a little flavor that they stole from somebody of a darker hue, but they can receive the accolades and the awards and be able to smell the flowers because they see them while they're still here. I just enjoyed the fact <laughs> that that motherfucker went hard on them like that and then turned around and was like, oh, I'm just playing. But as we all know, every joke contains just a little bit of truth. That's why that shit funny. So when I got to Fire Squad and I heard that, I was like, yup, yup, sign me up, boss. <laughs> sign me the fuck up. So I'm gonna have to give it to Fire Squad. Okay, so I already know y'all gonna talk shit. I already know y'all gonna talk shit, which is totally fine because like in inner inner circles of j cole fandom we too talk shit about for your eyes only but that's okay because every artist got that one every artist got that one um and then every fan has a different perspective on which one of those albums that is and i think majority of us would say it's for your eyes only which dropped in 2016 but here's the thing though i don't necessarily i'm not a, i'm not even really saying that the album sucked or anything it was just a different vibe it was just a different concept it was just essentially different from what we got previously from j cole and that's because that motherfucker grew up he got married he had some children he sat the fuck down he started stacking his money he had different perspectives 
which is what I want the rest of you niggas to do. I want you all to also grow the fuck up. You can't be ripping and running and putting your dick in everything for the rest of your life. So please allow for this song, Folding Clothes, to be your inspiration to grow the fuck up and sit the fuck down and stack your money and live a comfortable life, you know? And what I appreciate about this song is because it is probably one of the songs that I would put in a playlist of rappers who have songs that break the patriarchy because he is talking about divvying up housework. Women take on the financial load, the mental load, the emotional load and burdens of not only keeping a household, but a relationship. You know, when I say mental load even, a lot of men are just aloof and essentially get to be because quote unquote, that's how men are. Like you get to not know your child's blood type. You get to not know the teachers in your child's school. You get to not know what doctor and where the hospital is that your child is registered at. Like you just get to forget that shit. But God forbid the woman not know that information. She'd be a horrible fucking mother if something was to happen to the child, you know? So long story short, J. Cole is saying, you know what? She's tired, she's exhausted. I can fold some fucking clothes, you know? I can help out, I can chip in. So what I pay for this bitch and probably everything in it. That doesn't mean that I can't also fold some fucking clothes. We can do this together. And you know what? Thank you, J. Cole, for reminding the niggas that that is what a relationship is. It is all of us putting in so that we keep the same energy. So thank you (laughs) for a turning point in rap, you know, folding clothes. In 2018, we ended up getting a boomerang of a project with KOD. And it definitely has some bangers and a a couple bops, if you ask me. I really appreciated Kevin's heart. I love a cheating ass nigga's perspective. You know, hindsight is 2020. You realize you shouldn't have been doing that. But ATM was really my like, first of all, amazing beat. Love the lyrics. But I think it showed the maturity still being reflected in this project that was highlighted through For Your Eyes Only. It was like KOD was like, okay, let's get back to the bops, let's get back to the lyricism, but I'm still going to bring forth the maturity and the perspectives and the knowledge and the wisdom that I am starting to gain through my life's journey. And it was really amazing to see that reflected throughout the entire album with, of course, a couple radio hits and a couple bangers and a couple bops. That's what I really appreciated about ATM because he's really, in my perspective, giving us insight, understanding that you can get to the top and acquire all this money, but it really doesn't feel the hole in your heart. And we are becoming addicted to money. Like money is becoming the thing that we are trying to acquire at all costs, that we are willing to sell our souls for it. And it's risky. You wanna be able to pull yourself out of poverty and be able to provide for generations. 
but it takes a hold on some people in an evil way and you got to be very careful about it i appreciated him kind of sharing that through atm along with an amazing produced beat so thank you j cole So as you all have heard me say time and time again, I love a good story. And man, the off season is a really good conclusion to an amazing story. The off season dropped May 14th, 2021, earlier this year. And it has been phenomenal to just see the maturity and the wisdom and the growth of J. Cole, who's such an amazing facet in music right now with Dreamville becoming what it is. And that particular album is getting a toa, which I am going to later this week. And the reason really why I kicked off doing my Should I Saw This Way. So I, I just want to say that I truly do believe that pride is the devil is an amazing, beautiful, eye-opening song to a person who has started to do shadow work, to a person who has started to go to therapy, have difficult conversations with family members, really try to figure out where their trauma is stemmed from try to figure out how to heal for themselves for their family for their future because one particular bar made me listen to this song over and over and over and over and I was like that is exactly where a lot of 30 year olds and 40 year olds are right now like we are trying to heal the inner child and that requires difficult conversations with family members who have hurt us in the past and it's difficult to have a healthy conversation because people don't want to acknowledge what they've done to you out of pride out of the fact that they don't want to seem like the bad person or the horrible person or they just want to forget and make you forget it. The song has a lot of complexities to it that if you really sat down and listened to everything, you'd be like, damn, that hits the soul a little different. You know, <laughs> it hits the soul different when he says pride be the reason for the family dichotomy. Got uncles and some aunties that too proud to give apologies slowly realizing what the root of all my problems be it got me feeling different when somebody said it proud of me do you know how layered that is especially in the black community the hurt that is recycled through family members and when you try to speak your truth, when you try to have that difficult conversation, when you just need somebody to say, I fucked up, that might be something you don't receive. You might not get the apology that you need to heal and you got to figure out how to heal without it. You got to figure it out without it. So pride is the devil, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between.
Okay, so I wanted to give you all an honorable mention, or at least end this on a happy note. But for every J. Cole fan, y'all know that they dropped the Dreamville Revenge documentary where they, in 10 days, put that bitch together. It's some of the best content ever. But my favorite black boy joy moment is Earth Gang, Quap Dab 4000, Buddy and Jib putting together Wells Fargo. Oh my God, that shit is amazing. Absolutely amazing. Whenever I'm down and I need a pick me up, I go watch the video. I listen to the song. It's fucking fantastic. They're so fucking creative. They're so fucking happy to put that shit together. Like J Cole looked like a dad. Like these niggas are just out here acting a fucking fool. He whipping and running trying to chase them. <laughs> Why they just? And that is this week. Shit. I Hello, 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 and welcome to Random Realities, where I am going to tell you something you probably didn't know. (laughs) So I actually ended up coming across an article that talks about how we take on different personas dependent upon the social media app that we are using. I kind of felt like I wanted to explore it a little bit more after having the conversation earlier about if we do change who we are a little bit dependent upon the social media app. So are we different on Facebook versus how we are on Instagram versus how we are on TikTok? Because I actually said that I am different on each social media app. And now, now I'm, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like, are, are, are other people like that? And is it weird to do that? So apparently it's not that weird because according to researchers at Penn State University who looked at 100,000 social media user pages, they pretty much said that we all normally understand what each social media app is for and we assimilate to those quote-unquote particular social media standards like we all know that what we post on LinkedIn is going to be different from what we post on our Facebook which is going to be different from what we post on Snapchat and that's just what it is and I guess it's not that weird I saw another article that asked the question since so many people do that should we be concerned about seen higher rates of DID, which is disassociative identity disorder, which is very severe. Um, A lot of researchers said that no, it doesn't fall within the guidelines of what would be specified as someone who would have the disassociative identity disorder. But it's more just about us wanting to be liked and us wanting to be accepted. So we follow cultural norms and cultural norms are not just workplace norms or familiar norms that we know to do at home or amongst family. For instance, you know, if you walk in the house and you don't greet everybody in there, you're going to get your ass popped. Things like that. But there's even a culture 
on social media. It's kind of like a virtual hangout spot and we want to be liked. So we assimilate to those quote unquote social media cultural norms. It's just like, you know, if you a full bad bitch and you let that all out on Instagram, you're probably not going to do that on LinkedIn. And we all know why. It's kind of like an unspoken rule. LinkedIn doesn't say you can't post your bad bitch photos, but we all kind of just don't. (laughs) So talk about yourselves, you know, if you think that you are a different person across all apps or if you think you're, you know, 10 toes down and you're the same through and through on every single one. (laughs) But according to research, we all like to assimilate and be liked. So we follow the norms, whether we know them consciously or not. And that is this week's Random Reality. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between to the tackless topic of the week. So just go ahead and get your ass back in here because I'm ready to go. So I just got back from a black woman council meeting and I wanted to share the meeting notes with you all. So black women have decided that in the upcoming marches in terms of the recent abortion ban that's been passed in several states, we black women, we're going to sit this one out. We're going to sit this one out. We, our capes are in the dry cleaner. Um, Our mom is not going to let us leave off the block that day. Um, We are sick. (coughs) I'm sick. Um, And you know, it's a pandemic, girl. And we shouldn't be that close on each other right now anyway you know I think we're gonna sit this one out because I'm starting to see a lot of you all get your t-shirts together and your pussy popping hats together and you're getting your matching socks and you're rallying up your daughters and your nieces and you know saying to the schools that they're going to be gone out of the classroom because you know history in the making you're doing all of those things really gearing up, you know, for October, which I believe is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So I'm pretty sure it's just going to be pink all over the fucking place, right? I'm pretty sure you all are already going to start the narrative that connect the fact that it's going to be Breast Cancer Awareness Month to some semblance of the abortion ban and my body, my rights and all of that. And that's fine. Y'all go ahead. We going to stay back though. But what's interesting is that you white whores are so upset that black women are deciding to sit back and not do anything this time. Oh, how you bitches have such a short memory. Wasn't it 55% of you bitches that voted for Donald Trump? It was 55, 55% of y'all, right? It was 55% of you all actually voted for Donald Trump. And that was the second time. So you knew what was up. And you all fail every 
fucking time and then run to black women to come and fix your fucking problems and we're done with it. You want to know why Texas is allowing for Handmaid's Tale to become a full length feature film in this country is because you dumb bitches love to vote against the exact thing that would be your liberation. You fuck your oppressors day in and day out because you rather be white than be a woman. And you understand that white supremacy is your golden ticket, is your credit card in this country. White women's credit card in this country is white supremacy. You swipe that bitch, you get whatever you want, and sometimes you fall to a collector into or into debt, but you you know that you can cry your ass out of bankruptcy and you'll just be totally fine. That's been your entire gig, bitch, this entire time you've been in this country, and I'm over it. Black women are over it, actually. Let's just take this back nine months. Do you even know why Joe Biden is in the White House? Do you know why Kamala Harris is the vice president? That's because of Stacey Abrams, a black woman. Doing the unthinkable in turning Georgia into a blue state. Flipping an entire house. That was all due to a black woman. And you bitches love undoing all of the work that we do because you rather get cozy next to your oppressor because you know you rather just be white. And white women love using black and indigenous women as mules for their initiatives. But mind you, white women have yet to understand that this quote unquote feminist movement has an intersectionality, has an intersectional lens that we have yet to have a conversation about. Because unless white women are at the center of the quote unquote issue, those bitches don't get off the couch. They don't give a fuck. It's not they kids that are dying by the police. It's not their bodies that don't make it at a childbirth. It's not their sons that don't come back home. It's ours. And they're quiet as fuck when it's our issue. But when it's uh, their issue, oh, they want us to be just as loud as them. Well, what oppresses white women oppresses all women. We all must fight together, bitch. Miss me with all of that. Miss me with all of it. I'm over it, Sally. The gig is up, Jen. I don't want any more, Karen. Goodbye, Becky. Y'all on your own. You literally vote against your own people every single time. You all love putting white, old, conservative men in office and then complain when they take your rights away. Y'all are so fucking stupid. It's like at this point, it's 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 gotten to the point where I have no sympathy for white women and what they go through. I can't. It's difficult. It's really difficult right now because how many times are you all going to show us that you are just incapable of getting shit done? We handed you 
a fucking election on a silver platter and literally from Texas to Alabama to Florida to Missouri, it is literally Handmaid's Tale full length features down there. What the fuck are you doing? And that's the thing, because the 45% of you white women who did not vote for Donald Trump, you let your aunties and your grandmothers and your mothers vote ridiculously racist and misogynist and sexist. And here we are. You didn't keep them hoes on a short leash. You didn't want to have the conversation at Thanksgiving. You avoided it when you saw grandma during Easter. You turned the other cheek at Mother's Day when your mama brought up voting for Trump 2024. And that's what happens when you silent white hoes don't check the loud ones who are wrong because they do dumb shit like this. Literally will vote against their own. And then you turn to us to come and help you fix it. Bitch, if you don't get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> if you do not get the fuck out of my face. I hope Susan B. Anthony is rolling in her grave. <laughs> Fuck out of here. You all forget. We see through your little white veil of tears. Bitch, you could vote in 1910. Black, wouldn't, black women couldn't vote till 1965. And y'all were pretty fucking quiet for 50-something years. Because why you got what you wanted, used Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated for your entire, entire campaign to be able to vote, got it, and then said deuces because black women, basically black people, could not vote until 1965, baby. You got what you wanted, you scurried, you scurried off. Affirmative action. That wasn't so that black people could get into colleges. That was so white women could get into colleges. Black men were in institutions, in colleges, in universities. Black women as well, because HBCUs existed for a reason. You motherfuckers weren't letting us into your institutions. Hell, we'll go ahead and start our own. So you have black women in colleges, you have black men in colleges, you have white men all in colleges, the Harvards and the Browns and the Yales, they established all of them. You want to know who couldn't go to school? The white bitches. Why? Because their men told them, baby, you don't need to learn what you what you need to be smart for. You're going to have my babies, be pregnant all the goddamn time, cook my meal when I say I'm going to fuck you when I want to. And we're going to do this shit again and again and again until I die. And then you hoes were like, it's not fair. And you did your little marches. And you did your little rallies. And affirmative action was put into play so that you all could get into school. And then you all had absolutely no problem creating that smear campaign 
to then transition affirmative actions, real purpose to then saying it now allows for marginalized individuals to skirt through a process so that they can quote unquote, take a spot from a white kid. You all are really, really sneaky with your shit, but that's okay, bitch, because I've been caught on me and all of the other Queens at the black woman cancel meeting. That's, you know, this is all of the meeting notes. This is just all of the meeting notes. I just wanted to let y'all know I was at the meeting because of COVID. We all couldn't make it. So this is my service to you all. I just want to share the notes from the meeting, you know, because we all couldn't be there. This is what we discussed as a collective. So all black women are on board. What we basically want to tell white women is you're on your own. Okay. This is your fault. You lie with dogs. Sometimes you get fleas, bitch. (laughs) And that's just where we at with it. You will be marching by yourself. All of this is performative any fucking way. Eugenics, look it up. It's a thing. You all's men are upset that you are 60% of the workforce, that you do want to go to school, that you do have money that you don't need his ass. That's really what it is, is these fucking fragile men who want to make sure that you always need them. White women, they were like, "Mm -mm, these bitches are way too much. They doing too much, doing too much. The birth rate is dropping. (laughs) They want to be Miss Independent. Mm -mm. White people will be a minority by 2050 fucking around with the girl bosses. (laughs) And they had to put a stop to that. And you all just love letting them do it every fucking time. And I don't have any sympathy for you anymore. I can't. It's hard to. It's like the boy who cried wolf. After a while, you're going to be like, nigga, shut up. That's where we at with it. That's where I'm at with it. Me and all the black women from the meeting, that's where we at with it as a collective. So we letting y'all know, we putting you on notice. So when y'all go to these meetings and it's just a super spreader of white women and their children because they want to take photos of the moment and you wonder why you don't see no black women or no indigenous women, it's because we decided to let you just do this on your own. You got yourself into this situation. You'll have to get yourself out of it. Stop asking us for help. We literally saved an entire nation this past election. We did our part. It's literally like a group project. And like black, indigenous, Latino women and Asian women, we keep fucking doing all the work and white women are getting some of the credit. No, bitch, you did absolutely. You wrote the title, the date, and then the bibliography of this bitch. Everybody else put in the work. And here you are expecting your A. No, you are out of the group project. This is now solo work, bitch. Do it on your own. We can't keep holding your hand through your own problems. It's kind of like what Bill Burr said. White women, you all literally will have to sit next to white men and get your lashing and your talking to about your place and all of this. You all are not exempt because you have a pussy. Because you experience a little bit of oppression. You still had a lot of privilege, though, and you use it every fucking chance you get. And you think you're going to (laughs) guilt 
black women and indigenous women into helping you out of your own fucking problems. You all are so goddamn inadequate. It makes no fucking sense sometimes. Whew. I will say though, y'all are the real ride or dies. White men know they can depend on you. Mm. <laughs> Man, you are willing to go against your own. You are willing to raise the next generation of white supremacists. You are willing to allow your women to be doorknobs and to teach your daughters to have no respect for themselves. You all are some fucking soldiers man i see why black men love dating y'all <laughs> y'all just some fucking ridiculous ass tree stumps y'all are some riders i get that to your own demise y'all are some riders i will give you that <laughs> so go ahead and ride your ass down to that parade by yourself with your Sally Beckys and your Sue's because we won't be there honey we will not we wish you the best get your hand sanitizer mask up you know stay six feet apart take all the photos cry and get your hashtags and your pussy popping hats going you know, I will see it all on Instagram, I'm sure. I'll see it all on Facebook. You'll tweet it to me, pretty sure. We'll see it all on Vanity and Vogue and Time and all of that, you know. So I'll see that you have fun, bitch. <laughs> I'll see you had a lot of fun down there. So, you know, but just want to let you know while you packing up and getting ready to go down there and try and cause a stir, girl, trying to cause a stir. We just won't be there. So have an amazing time and we will see you later, bitch. <laughs>